Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all, Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist. Hey everybody, welcome back to Chop Talk. I'm your host, Nate England. Wherever you listen to the show, please write a review and give us a five-star rating. Send us a message or check out photos from this week's show on the Chop Talk Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at choptalk underscore Nate for the latest show news, or reach out directly at choptalkwithnateengland at gmail.com. This week's guest is Ninja Wynn, author of Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja. In Ninja's new book, he shows how martial arts are more than just punching and kicking, and he highlights how the valuable lessons found in the routines of the martial arts can be applied to everything else you do in your life. From the opening bow, sparring, competitions, all of these contain lessons that can make you stronger mentally and physically and make you a better person. In today's show, Ninja talks about his early life growing up in Vietnam and the challenges he faced moving to the U.S., how he got started in the martial arts, and some of the distractions he overcame along the way. We then dig into some of the highlights of Ninja's book and also find out how we got the name, not the nickname, Ninja. If you want to learn more about Ninja, please visit www.extremeninja.com. That's the letter X, Treem, and Ninja, like the turtle, .com. You can find his book, Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja, by Ninja Win on Amazon. Do note that the spelling of his last name, Win, is N-G-U-Y-E-N. I also put the Amazon link in the show notes on Facebook and on Twitter. Also, one big announcement before we get to the interview with Ninja. The East Central United States Kendo Federation is pleased to be your host for the 2019 Cincinnati Jodo Seminar and Promotion Exam. This will be the first time that a Jodo promotion test has been held in the Midwest. Seminar instructors include some of the top Jodo practitioners in the United States, including Chop Talk guests Tom Groindle and Peter Boylan, and Chop Talk host Nate England. Whether you're a longtime Jodo practitioner or you are interested in trying it out for the first time, you will not want to miss this unique opportunity. The event will be held on Saturday, September 7, 2019. To find out more details and get the registration packet, please visit www koshoschoolofkarate.com and click on the ECUSKF logo. It looks like a big orange shield. There's also an event page on the Kosho School of Karate Facebook page. Early bird registration ends soon, so if you are interested, please get your paperwork in ASAP. We look forward to your visit for a day of spirited training, camaraderie, and friendship, and for a change, you won't even need a passport to do it. Thanks for listening. Let us know your thoughts on today's discussion. And enjoy the show. This week, my guest is the author of Step on the Mat, Ninja Win. Am I saying that right? Is it Win? 
Correct. Yes. Oh man, Correct. that's that's great. I took a guess right off the bat, and I nailed it. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Ninja, first I'd like to ask, uh, and you don't really go into this in the in the book in, in detail, but I, I'm curious, um, how did you uh, start the martial arts, and, and what martial arts were you studying uh, along the way? The uh, When I was young, you know, it's like in my country, it was like the, the martial art. At that time, I didn't know what the style was, okay, when I first started, until I came to U.S., and then when I connected with a couple other people that we trained martial art, and I realized it was Shotokan. Oh, really? Okay. Now, now, you were born and grew up in Vietnam, correct? Yes, correct, yes. Okay. That it, that seems a little bit unusual for uh, Shotokan to be in Vietnam, but I guess it was spreading all over the world, so uh, maybe it's not that unusual. Yeah, you know, for me at that time, it was more like, you know, uh, my dad was trying to keep me busy with the, the sport because in back in my country and uh, where you from, England, right? My, my oh. name is England, but I'm from America. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like there's some in America, basketball and football are big, right? Mm-hmm. And in my country, it was like volleyball, soccer, and martial art was one of those things that people was keeping for a health, healthy reason. You know, it's like okay. that's what that's what my dad was at that time. He was putting me in martial art. wasn't the martial art itself to learn. It's more like keeping me busy mm-hmm. at that time where he was. You know, the time was happening, the war was happening, and then a lot of distraction for me. So that's why he put me into the martial arts. Okay. Now, uh, w- which part of Vietnam uh, did you grow up in? North, North Vietnam. Okay, so I did a. I was in there. I was there for a few weeks, six weeks or so, um, maybe about a, ten years ago. Uh, but it was probably a different experience than you had growing up. Well, you know, uh, I grew up in a small town, so it's like you know, we got no TV, no radio, you know, uh, and growing up. And I, I was, as a matter of fact, talked to my kid was a little bit about this. Is that I grew up, we don't even have a fridge. You know, so every day, you know, growing up in America, you got fridge, you know, you can open any time over there. There's like no fridge. No, no. (laughs) But uh, the nice thing I liked about it, there's always fresh fruit. Wherever you went, you go down the street, get some fresh fruit and and stuff that I had never seen before. You know, there's uh, this giant, uh, it's like a grapefruit the size of a watermelon. It's just there are these little berries with fuzz on them. I have no idea what they are, but they were all delicious. <laughs> right. It's uh, definitely we eat a lot of fresh food over there. You yeah. know, it's like everything that you know you got it from the farm, and then you know, growing up, it's like my family was a fisherman, and then my neighbor was more like they grow fruit and stuff. So we exchange food. Hmm. You know, so so it's more like a community when I was growing up. So. You know, same thing like when I first came to the U.S. over here, mm-hmm. 1980, it's, I seen a lot of community. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I, I love that and I do miss that, you know, as time go by, you know. Mm-hmm. So how did you make the trip from Vietnam to the U.S.? That must not have been easy uh, in the, I guess, in the 70s. Well, you, if you got here in 1980, during the 70s is when you made the trip. Yes, So it's a, you know, we go, my family have a, uh, they're fishermen. So my dad actually, like, that's how we came to U.S. It was like from boat. Wow. You know, and uh, as you see, if you see in um, in my book, there's like a couple picture that I was on a boat. My dad was actually the uh, the captain. 
and you know when when we was riding over here it wasn't like a like most boats in America, you have a steering wheel, you know? Right. It's just more like a stick in the back and then you <laughs> guide it. <laughs> so, so, you know, I mean, I, I love this country, by the way, yeah. and I'm proud to say I'm American, you know? Right. And, and they give me a lot of freedom learning to grow as who I was today, you know? Mm. So I do appreciate the American country. Well, well that, that must have been... Quite a bit of culture shock, though. I don't know how old uh, you were when you came over. Uh, ten, give or take, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, ten years old, yeah. I mean, that must have been a pretty severe culture shock for a kid going from Vietnam at the end of the war to uh, all of a sudden you're in the U.S. What are the, the big differences that you saw? Well, I think the, the big difference uh, for me, it was, it was um, a discovery for me. You know, uh, however, you know, in that journey of discovery, you know, I found out there's challenges that I have to learn. There's number one is when I was in my country, I didn't go to school, you know, growing up, you know, I didn't go to school. So when I came over here, it putting me in the spot that I'm like, oh, my God, I don't speak the language. Wow. And, you know, at the same time, you know, I see I thought it was only like, you know, living in uh, growing up uh only me. I don't see any other culture or um, um, color of people, mm-hmm. you know, until I get here. And then growing up in the 80s, it's more like, you know, we don't like you, you don't like us. And then we, you know, even in the cafeteria, if you was growing up in the 80s, it's like the Asians sit in one section, the black people sit in one section, then they're America. And it's so weird, but it's, uh, right. it's growing up, I've seen that. And challenges of, you know, we can't communicate with each other. And then mm-hmm. the only way we can communicate is by anger. That's what I know, you know? Okay. And it's like, you know, it's like, um, you can't say hi. You don't know what to say. You look at each other and then we find reason to blame. You know? <laughs> right. It's funny growing up that way. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting. It, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, uh, you know, but I think like for me, it was a um, short period of time I have to adapt. Mm-hmm. And I think the word that, you know, I learned a lot through that is I have to adapt the situation. I have to get to know and I have to let go everything that I know mm-hmm. and learn new things, you know. Absolutely. So uh, in that early environment in the 80s, was that part of the reason to get back in martial arts? Because there was uh, this anger, this conflict between the different groups. I mean, was was that a part? As, as, much as you talk about sort of the philosophical and the and the meaning of martial arts in your book, was there uh, something else behind it back in those uh, early days? Well, you know, definitely. I uh, the one part I I didn't say, but you know, it's like I was growing up and in the school we fight all the time. Mm. We fight to the conflict. Uh, we look again each other we want to know each other but we don't know what to say so we end up just fighting mm. and then to me the only thing i feel great at is what i know so from my past experience of learning martial arts mm. so because of that my dad when my dad talking to me about is that you're going to school not to start trouble you have the opportunity to grow as a person you're not coming over here to be where we left off you know, right. so I, I I become knowing, looking the martial arts gym, and at that time I don't know if it was growing up in the eighty, and it was big at that time was 
Um, there's a system called Fedvalori. I don't know if you're familiar with I don't. Say that again. Fedvalori. No, I've hmm. never heard of that. What is that? He is more like, you know, uh, <clears throat> the father of whatever you the um, uh, karate, I guess, you know, Kempo karate. And at the same time, it was like, um, who is it? Uh, Ed Parker. Okay. You know, it's kind of, but he's more like the guy who know how to make the money, you know. Mm. But, you know, so I seen the school around my neighborhood all the time, you know. And then I went in and checked it out, a couple out of the gym, the Shotokan gym, the karate gym, the Taekwondo gym. And I don't know the difference. All I know was that, you know, they wear the uniform different, mm-hmm. you know. For me growing up, we didn't really wear a uniform because it's right. somebody backyard, you know. It's like, right. it's like, hey, you come in to work out and that was it. You know, so... And then I went to one gym that near my my house, and the only thing that I see was every time I go there, I don't go after school to go hang out with people that who's cause trouble or hang out in bad environment. Mm-hmm. So I end up going at the gym every single day, and then one time, you know, I I went there so much that the teacher itself saw me sitting there, and he invited me in. You know, so so you I, weren't even working out. You were just, you finished school and you went in just to watch classes. Yes. Oh, wow. Because okay. because I feel like, you know, that's the only thing I can learn the language because they were speaking English, mm-hmm. you know. And then at that time, I was going, there's a couple of other martial arts gym that I went, but some, they speak Japanese at that time and Korean because they expect you to learn the, their language. Right. But for me, I was like, I'm living in America. I need to learn the language. And the only time I can familiar with is I already familiar with what I do. Right. And then at the same time, when I hear them say, like, punch, then I was like, put two and two together. And then that, that's how I was learning the language. And I, the only way for me to learn. And so, you know, I, I enjoy seeing them at that time. I didn't really care, like, how great I was in martial art. Mm-hmm. All I care was I need to catch up so by that way I can communicate in my school. Right. Because now there's a new environment. So I mean and, and growing up in that time it's like it's like you have um I don't wanna say but it's like the the word that everybody used back then was like racist, you know. Okay. You know, and and uh, to me it wasn't about that. It was trying to fit in the environment. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can fit in is understand the language, how they say it. Right. And, you know, and I remember the, the first time I got caught into uh, detention was somebody teach me the word, um, the middle finger. <laughs> but they said to me, this is how you say hi. So I got detention by giving my teacher a middle finger. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> and and then your so, English wasn't good enough, so you couldn't explain that. Hey, teach! I'm just saying hi, you know. <laughs> right, right. You know, so I realized that it's like the environment of like, hey, you know, you got to learn to adapt, understanding, or you're gonna be like this, and you can blame somebody. But reality is, it's me who take initiative, you know. Right. And then you know, growing up in that that time, it was two things that I learned from a lot from TV was uh, Bruce Lee at that time was like a lot of Kung Fu theater, sure, stuff like that. Sure. Bruce Lee. And then the other, the other one 
is teaching you about making money was The Godfather. <laughs> you know? Okay, that's an interesting combination. Bruce Lee and The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's OICs growing up. It was like, you know, you turn it on and, and, you know, at that time MTV was big, was like the gangster rap and, you know, how to make the money and stuff like that. And, mm. and of course, you know, the influence. That's why for me, I feel like the martial arts, for me, it's big influence of how my life was today, was the language, the mm. communication with people. And I feel like to me as a martial artist, I go places or even tournaments I fit in, mm. you know, because I seen like everybody punching and, you know, everybody acknowledge each, each other. Right. You know, and I, and I love that environment. So because of that, it changed my life big. This is Mike Tarvin of Tarvin Plumbing Company. You may have heard me answering questions as a plumbing expert on the Gary Sullivan Show over the years. I'm here today to make you aware of our company. We perform plumbing repairs of all types. We've been in business since 1907 through five generations of family members. That's 109 years of providing top quality workmanship and outstanding service. If you're having issues with leaks, stoppages, water heaters, fixtures, or piping, we're here to help. Spring rains may be taking a toll on your sump pump. To help out, ask us about our summer sump pump special. We can inspect the existing pump and replace it if necessary for a special summer price. We can also inspect or add a battery backup and other devices for extra security to keep you high and dry. We offer you peace of mind for your plumbing system with reliable, trustworthy service backed by years of experience. Tarvin Plumbing is a Cincinnati company with an appreciation of the wide range of plumbing challenges this city offers. So if you or someone you know has a need for plumbing repairs of any type, please think of us at Tarvin Plumbing. You can reach us at tarvinplumbing.com. That's tarvinplumbing.com. Thank you. Now, there was a, a period there in your, in your book you, d- you talked about this where uh, the martial arts wasn't as big of a part of your life, maybe during your 20s. Um, so I think you tried to open a dojo and then wound up uh, managing some nightclubs. Uh, so you were a little bit out of it for a, a while. Um, yes. How, how did that happen? So, you know, um, at, at that time, my first when I graduated high school, I opened my dojo. And wow. at that time, it was like, my dad said this to me, he said, when you open a, a school, when you become a teacher, okay, you teach, okay. But at that time, I was more like, I invite you to come to my dojo, train, and then I would train with you. So mm-hmm. by that way, you were more like a punching bag to me, <laughs> you know. Right. And and so at that time, you know, like when you when you not integrity with yourself, thing doesn't align. Mm-hmm. And you know, I learned through that from the martial art. And my dad asked me, and I have to close up. And when I close up, at that time, I have the opportunity was like you know chasing chasing the money, you yeah. know. And that what happened. It was like um, I don't have to work early, you know. Right. And I don't have to go sleep early, so it's like it's the same environment, but. At that time, when I was working at a cl- uh, the nightclub, I got lost myself in there mm. because I didn't I didn't share so much about that because you know I wasn't proud of it. Because sure. when you when you work at the nightclub, there's a couple of things involved: drug, mm-hmm. um, sex, mm-hmm. and money. Yeah, and you know, and you see all that and the environment that. That it's not healthy environment, and then I fell in, into it. But at the same time, 
I enjoy in it because that's something that I enjoy is that when I work there, when somebody start trouble, I feel like I can save someone. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't know that I was more aggressive because I was taking people out with and force them Mm -hmm. to take them out, choking them, you know, drag them out. And for a long time, and, you know, and I didn't, I did enjoy that. You did but not enjoy it or did enjoy it? I did enjoy it. You did enjoy it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and am I proud now? No. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's like I did one thing was that to keep the place safe. And mm-hmm. I did that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's that, you know, you fell into, started hanging out, doing bad things. You got involved with bad people, you know, and, and, um, to me, the martial art helped me figure that back that point because I was chasing the money, right? But at the same time, I cannot save any. Because because you're yeah. at the nightclub, you're spending it. You've got girls there. You're buying her a drink. You want a nice car. You want nice clothes so you look good. Yeah. When when you said so, when you were kicking these people out, and you said that you enjoyed using the martial art, are are you? You know, did was it you? You were using more than you needed to. You could have asked somebody to walk out and say you put him in a chokehold and drug him out. Was it sort of a going over the top, or or was was this necessary in order to uh, get this guy who's causing trouble out of the club? So you know, uh, uh, as a, as a martial artist, I believe I believe that when you learn the martial art, learn to defend yourself is to aware to communicate without um violence mm-hmm. you know but at that time i enjoyed the violent more because yeah. what happened is that i basically in, instead of somebody say hey you know um f off you right mm-hmm. and i would like oh okay i'm gonna show you so it's more like i'm right instigate at the same time because they already uh, toxicate themselves right you know and uh, at that same time, you know, I, I didn't, I, I enjoy more instead of I tell, you know, my staff to bring them out. I do it myself because I, I feel like, you know, uh, it's necessary, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and am I proud of it? At that moment, yes. Growing up now, you know, knowing that it's, it's not necessary because as a martial artist, you know, and then I lost myself based on that. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen myself through uh, the violent, the, the fume and the money. And then, <clears throat> of course, you know, I met uh, one one girl and she right. said to me, she said, she said, I don't care who you are. You know, I care you as a person. However, I don't think that you should be because you are a martial artist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and of course you hear it all the time and then you threw out that that journey I met through a lot of martial art through the nightclub. And then I realized I missed more than, and I missed more than, than anything else. You know, it's like, right. I remember, it's like, I remember when we sit down talking about martial art training four or five hours later, you know, right. we're still training. So I know right. for myself that I missed the, the martial art. So I, that's why I get back into it. 
So were you uh, were you still working out? Were you still going to the dojo during this period, or were you getting all your training on your customers? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, no, I was I was uh, I was basically maintain myself training throughout that. You know, mm-hmm. so basically before I go to work, I go work out. I do weight training, I do run, and then I get together with my brother and start training. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of people that I'm still training with. You know, you're going to school, you're working out in the martial arts, and then there's this period, and then you got out of it, which we'll get into next. But, you know, was you saw a lot growing up. Um, in the book, you talked a little bit more about your, your time in Vietnam during the war, and you were, spent some time in a refugee camp, then coming to the U.S. Uh, that's a very difficult time, You're very traumatic for a young kid. Uh, and then also, I mean, at the nightclub, you mentioned it. I mean, there's, there's drugs there. So were, was this early trauma? Was this substances? Was this a part of why you took this little diversion uh, into this nightclub life? So, you know, so um, when I came up over here growing up, and it was drug, definitely. Alcohol, I didn't, I didn't, um, I know at that time because I seen a lot of people doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I become the person that, oh, I care about one thing was what kind of car I have, what kind of house I have, and who can I have around, what kind of material I have. So I become more like, hey, you know, you're the type of guy that who need it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna provide you. Right. You know, I'm gonna help you. So I find people to kind of connect you together, and then I got, I got a cut. You know, right. and growing up because of that, and then you seen so much, and then you forgot who you are, mm-hmm. and then you fell into it. And then what I mean is fell into it is that, for example. Your body cannot go days without sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I lost into that environment, so I have to keep myself up. So the only thing that I can keep myself as is do something. Right. So I start to, I start to fell into um, connect people together and then using it, you know. And then when I was using it, and then I realized that, you know, you just become numb. Mm. You become, and then I get myself in trouble. I got arrested. Oh, wow. You know, and then I was, and everybody who's that, my friend used to say, hey, we are boy, you know. And there's a word that we used to say in, in Chinese called hengtai, brotherhood. Okay. You know? Hengtai. And, yeah, hengtai. And, you know, and everybody say, hey, you, you my boy, you know, we hengtai, we brother. We will always be there. Right. Until, you know, somebody put a gun to your head and nobody's there to to block it for you. <laughs> and then they used wow. to say, yo, we are boy, we are hengtai, you know. And then, you know, when you got arrested, nobody want to be around you. Because all they're thinking right. that, oh, you know, maybe you ran them out, whatever that is, you know. Right. And, you know, and at that time, I was facing eight years. Wow. You know, and... And I was basically making easy money, and I, I basically throw it over all the court, you know. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was saved me more than anything was that I realized that everyone who say they're your boy, 
when things come happen, there's nobody there. So I face right. on my own reality was that, and I put two and two together was number one, because I coming over here, I make the money and I use the money to buy friend, friendship. Okay. That's what I, I, I learned from. And then when you don't have money, that they're not going to be there for you. Right. So I learned that really quick. And then on the, on the top of that, that was, for me, was the big point turnaround was when I faced that, I changed my mindset of my thought. It was like, I can't hang out anymore. I need right. to focus on me. And I need to focus on what's going to happen now. Because I'm facing court date every single day, every single day court. And I can't do anything. And at that time, I was, um, I, I didn't have a, a citizen. I was more like I have a, oh. a resident alien card. Okay. You know? Oh, so, so that that could even affect. So that could affect your application for citizenship. I don't know whether they would send you back to Vietnam, but right. Would they? Was that at a that possibility? Time, at that time, it was. It was like you know, and I. I don't know. It's the same time of. of um, uh, a lot of things happened in New York, you know, and, and even California at that time. So it's like, and I seen people got arrested and they didn't let them release. So I was facing, like, I was facing, am I changed my mindset as a person, go back to martial art training and just focus on my life where I am now and then face every single day court and knowing that I have to look at whatever the outcome is. Right. And at that time, when that thing was happened, is all I did was go to work, come back, go start going back to martial art training, and focus on just being a person. Right. That where there's an opportunity for me to grow, knowing that. And then you know, and then down the line, you hear people all the time say, "Oh, you know, oh, you're not my boy anymore. You don't want to hang out." But you know, at that time, I was facing. Yeah. You know, it's like court date every single day, and then you can conflict any time. Sure. So. And if you're out hanging, if you're hanging out with your boy, and uh, you get pulled over by the cops, and he has something in his pocket that he shouldn't, well, that's uh, going to be brought right. up at your next court hearing, and then you're going away. Instead of trying to fight this and maybe finding a way to plea down or get out of it, you're going away for sure. Right. Uh, and and uh, yeah, that's that's scary. And you know, so so because of that, I, it brought me to the martial art more because I started to get like the emotion, the anger of, oh, you know, people say they're your boy and they're not your boy. So I have the opportunity to kind of release that into hitting the bag, you know, yelling out, you know, and and, and the martial art for me was it was the best way to let it go, mm -hmm. you know. And then slowly, of course, at that time, I hear like people say, oh, you know, you need to go therapist, <laughs> you know, and I said the best therapy for me was yelling out and hitting the back and let it go out. And the, the yeah. best thing that I feel it was it was amazing was that the guy that who's was let me train at his gym, you know, he was a lawyer. Mm. You know, and, and, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, you you have to change your mindset of who you are you have to let it go and do the right thing and then if you do the right thing thing will go right for you mm. you know and he said 
you know, and I remember that. And I remember I was coming to the gym training. Most people would train one hour and go home. Right. And if you was ever training back in the, the 80, it was like the 80 and the 90. We go in there. We forgot the time. It's like, you know, I didn't even have a phone. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's like, right. It's like we go in there, train four or five hours later. We was like the best time, go home and sleep. And that was like my life for the past four or five years after that. Right. Now, was uh, now the, the guy who let you work out in, in his gym, was this your former student? who you also mentioned in the book who uh, let you open up a, your your first gym or was this a different different person? No, it's different. It's different. It's the the guy who was a lawyer. He was like the first guy who um, let me train his gym. He was inviting me on the mat. The guy that I actually learned more English in, in his martial art gym. Hmm. But the guy that the guy that who let me stay at his gym was um, Pat and he was like one of my former student and trainer partner, you know, okay. and he he was from the military and, you know, his life story is kind of similar to mine, you know, and, you know, that's why when he seen he seen me struggle and I remember he brought me was every single day was I love on the mat because, it's, you know, it brought me to nothing but fun, you know, mm-hmm. training solutions communications partner sharing you know so right and we, we would be on the mat for hour and he was actually the guy that who brought me into jujitsu okay you know he was like you know he was like you should train jujitsu you know and and i'm still training because of that guy jujitsu you oh, know and, cool. and and life change you know it's like and and you can't be grateful you know until you know you fall to your face and then you realize that the person that who's always there for you was somebody that you never think that would you know right and it's, it's life change you know well and you had a chapter in your book uh, called a uh, mentor or find a mentor and uh, you, you taught you went into this about looking for people that you can um, learn from and and uh, they can they can help you was it difficult for you to go to this former student of yours you taught him at one point you were his you were his sensei and accept help uh from him was, was that something that you were uh, concerned about uh no you know i i always think like you know in each our life that each section that we need a mentor and sometimes, you know, and, and Bruce Lee say this to me was big was, uh, you know, and you know, this is that always say empty your cup. Right. And, and I always, I always think that in the martial art, you can be a great martial arts, but sometimes you're stuck in your mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, well, you know, I'm better than anybody. I don't need anybody help. But reality is that you may be good at martial art, but he may be good at something else. Right. So you have to look at like what point that you need mentor for. You know, I was just uh, talking. As, as, for example, if you, if let's say you bad in relationship, would you want to get relationship mentor? Yeah. Right. Or if you want bad in money, would you want to get, you know, men mentor to teach you about money? You know. Right. So there's always section in your life that you want to, and I think as a martial art for me is that. I found what my weakness was, and my weakness at that time was when I came back, I didn't have place to stay, mm. 
And my wife was worried about, well, you know, he's going back to Boston. He may hang out with the same bad crowd and, you know. Sure. And, you know, I didn't do that. What I did was I went in and my friend was, Pat was like, hey, come train. And that was it. Yeah. And I came and I trained and I just, you know, all I did was just be on the mat. And that was like my life, you know. Right. And we talked for an hour, and he was the one who said, you know, you're so passionate into it. Why don't you just help me open a gym, and then you can take over this one. Mm. And, you know, and that, was, that wasn't that was about even my point, like, hey, reopen the business. You know, it right. wasn't about that. Right. And, you know, and I seen so much, and I see potential of, like, how great people was. And then on my life now is that because I was a father, I said, what can I do to show my kid that life can be better if you choose to, right. you know? And and because of that, and, and do I hang out now with all my, you know, whatever people is? I don't, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's like you bump into people, but, you know, you realize that you can't bullshit yourself. Right. You know, you can bullshit everybody else, but reality is you can't bullshit yourself. And the martial art bring you that. The martial art bring you up. What kind of character are you? And, you know, you and I both know people are very, very smart. Mm -hmm. We are very smart human. You know, it's like you you can bullshit all you want, but sooner or later it will come out. You right. Know? So as a, as a father, I want to show my kid that you can choose this life or that life. Mm -hmm. right? But if you choose the wrong life, and, and I don't like to say the word right or wrong, is that if you choose to be in a not responsible way, sooner or later you will get paid, you know? Right. You will pay sooner or later. And, you know, it's like, who, what kind of person you would you want to inspire? And I want right now, I just want to live the rest of my life to be a great person, great father, great husband, and share a great community together. Mm -hmm. Because... I mean, my hope is like this. I my hope that that when I die, somebody, my kid, will sit on suddenly somebody make a bench that have my name on it. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and, and that's my legacy. That's what I want to give my kid, and and you know, and how great uh, he make change for himself and the community, you know, and right. that's what I care about. Looking for a way to gain an edge on the competition? Want to give your body some much-needed relief and relaxation? Try Medical Resort ATAC, Okinawa's specialists in sports therapy and wellness care. ATAC offers customizable massage therapy. Try their oxygen chamber to increase metabolism, reduce fatigue, and promote faster recovery from injuries. Take their stretching course to increase flexibility and release muscle fatigue. ATAC also offers special courses in static and thermal therapy, foot therapy, and head therapy. Or try a session of ATAC's latest offering, acupuncture therapy, with their fully licensed acupuncture therapist. Want to find out more? ATAC is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Stop into their center located at 12830 Oroku in Naha City, Okinawa. Call 098-859-1890 or visit them on the web at www.a-tac.net. That's www. .a-tac.net Staff is fluent in English, Portuguese, Spanish, and Japanese.
When all the, all the things you talked about in the last few minutes, so sort of the end of the nightclub life, the arrest, going to and starting working out at your uh, at your the the lawyer's gym and your and your friend's gym, this was a period when your your first daughter was born. Yes, and yes. and you, uh, you, I mean, you really t- just talked a lot about family and how important it is to you. Uh, in, in your book, you also talk about you have what ten brothers and sisters. Yes. And your father went to some pretty extreme lengths to get them out of Vietnam and and to the U.S. I mean, you, you, your parents really made a lot of sacrifices. Was your daughter being born? Did that did that spark something in you? Did that to um. What do I want? What do I want to say? Uh, was that part of the catalyst for for making this change? Because a lot of people, they have a kid, ah, no big deal. They they walk away, they don't even see it. But you had a daughter, and you really changed your life. W- was that related to what you saw your father do for your family? So my my dad my dad sacrificed a lot. And growing up, I didn't have what most, what I seen in a lot of American culture have, okay? Mm-hmm. Is that hugging, uh, kissing, you know? And I grew up, I didn't have that uh, in my family, you know? We never hug, we never kiss, we never tell each other we love each other, mm-hmm. you know? So when I met my wife, she's she um, German and Irish, you know? And, and she loved hugging, she loved kissing, you know, she loved holding hands. So when I first met her, I treasure that. And I always like, you know, I always feel great when I'm hugging a person mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm, I'm like uh, important, you know. Yeah. And when my daughter came, I seen a child that have passion, love, care and, and crying, all that, you know, taking place as a father. I'm like, oh, my God, do I want the guy? that date my daughter just like who I was. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So I said to myself, I said, wow, you know, it's like I can't not allow that person to be that. So I have to change. So when I decided to did that, it was like, well, you know, I'm going to show my kid love all the time because you know what? And even a lot, there's a lot of Asian culture that's still the same. We don't tell you we love you. You should know that. Right. And as as a kid, I don't know that, you know, <laughs> but, but I know. Nobody I know told you you were supposed well. to know. Right. Yeah. You know, and my culture is that they do a lot is like how we love you is by giving you the gift. Okay. okay. My kid didn't want that. My kid, all she did was she want to hug, you know, all day. So right. I, I have to adjust myself really fast and I said to myself, I said, I can't show my kid that who she's gonna date. So I have to change. And when I change that, my kid now she's ten it's amazing. You know, she's she's seen the example of how my action was. Mm-hmm. You know. And I don't show I show her like, you know, I show her that who a right gentleman should be. Right. You know, respect, self-respect, and, and you know, and, and no argue. You know, we have discussions, you know. Sure. But I think, like, a lot of time, 
and I st- I tell her is that, you know, you if you want somebody to treat you, you have to treat them first. Hmm. And I I say hi to everybody. I don't care. Like I'm come to the point like 50 years old. I'm like I say hi to everybody. I don't care. If you don't want to say hi to me, that's okay. Right. Maybe you caught in the moment where maybe whatever your life is, it's okay. Sometimes my my kid walk with me and say, Daddy, they don't know you. I said, Yeah, they don't know me, but I'm gonna say hi. You know, it's like it's like one of those things. Right. You know. Um. So, the, with the book, where did where did all these ideas come from? So, first of all, uh, the book was set up in a really interesting way, and I haven't seen I haven't seen a book organized this way before, which is. You walk through the different steps of coming to a martial arts class, uh, the bow, uh, the meditation, stretching, warming up, and so on. And with each of these steps that you take in a martial in, in the class, uh, then you're talk, then you go and you talk about different lessons you can learn and apply during that period. Were these things that you you are talking about in your classes, or are these things that you learnt, got? learn from your martial arts teachers or did they come to you as you sat down and started uh putting this book together so when when um uh, i'll share with you a little bit is that when i went to uh my first school my first school i remember i worked so hard for for my teacher to read uh, for me to read english and mm-hmm. i remember my teacher said this to me said no 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 uh you read it wrong so in my mind Growing up, the word wrong is you fail. Mm. So when I teach the martial art, I always, for me, I always learn through my life was anytime you come to the class or anytime you go into the school, there's always a lesson, there's a rule, there's, you know, because I remember was I was talking in a class, I got detention. So I figured out there's a rule, but there's nobody to tell you there's a rule. Right. And then growing up, as a martial art, I seen myself was I applied those things through my training, but I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. I recognize it because you know it's like uh, I break rule, I got a ticket. I break, you know. So I I figured out there's rule that displays everywhere. Right. But for me, as a martial artist, uh, I talk about self defense. Self defense is about learning your awareness. Some mm-hmm. people think it's hand-on self-defense. That could be too. But for me, it's about awareness. Right. And, and, you know, for me, I recognize that. So when I teach the martial art, I don't tell my student right or wrong. I just tell them if you are inspira- inspire people or if you are get mad, you still inspire the other person. But which side do you want to inspire? And, you know, so I don't, I don't because I always believe that for me growing up, when some of my teachers say, no, you're wrong. I should put thing in place, right. and I never raise my hand not anymore. Sure. And because of that, I fail my learning. You know, so uh, you know, it's my English still. I mean, I work very hard for where I am, but it's still on the work. You know, that's why. And then the other thing too, I don't tell right or wrong because I want the kid to know I'm still working on my English. I'm not perfect. Okay. You know, so <laughs> right. I can't fix the kid knowing that. I myself, my English is not that great, you know? Right. So th- that being said, in my school, I don't do that. And then the other part is for myself, I want people to know that when they came in, doesn't matter what they train, the martial art, 
the, any other sport or anything that they do, there's always a lessons mm-hmm. that they need to to learn, and then there's a skill that they need to take advantage on, and then there's a rule. You know, it's like it's like, but you are who you are want to be responsible or not being responsible. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. If you're not responsible, there's consequence. But if you're responsible, there is less consequence. Right. So that's all, you know, and, and that's why the way that I break it down to that is how I teach in my, oh, my kid class. Mm-hmm. The adult class, they resist a little bit because why? Because some people come in for fitness. Sure. You know, and, and you know, if you was training martial art, you know, when you go traditional martial art, there's no separation. You coming in, you dress in the same uniform, and now nobody want to dress the uniform. They right. think the uniform is the adult. They think the uniform is weird, you know. Right. But, you know, and then, and I even changed it. I remember um, 2011. Yeah, 2011, I have a student come in and he's Muslim. Hmm. And he doesn't bow because he only believe one thing. Okay. So he's like, he's like, no, no, I can't bow. Or I, I can't, I have to have a... Um, with the cap that they wear on their head. Right. Yeah, I, I can't think yeah. of the name either, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. But they're like, they're like, I can't remove that because it's my, my sangrit. So because of that, I don't do the adult so much. The kid, I do it because I explain to them because the adult, they they don't accept changing fast. Right. Kid, they accept changing, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a little bit different, but, you know, all my kid class, I teach exactly what my format is. You know, with uh, just as your Muslim student, as as an example, I, I've heard similar things from like really, really, really strict Christian people. Like I only bow to one God, and uh, we have Muslim students at our at our dojo. And um, also, when I was in South Africa, there was a whole uh, there's a whole group, a whole network of like uh, Muslim dojos over there, and everybody does the bowing, and and you know, some people do cover the head. Um. Because they they realize we're not bowing to some religion. It's it's to show respect. The way we just the way I normally describe it is it's like shaking hands. In the U.S., we shake hands to show respect, and in right. Asia, the martial arts, we bow. So, you know, did your student ever come around, or is that still something that that, that he does? Um, you know, I mean, I give I give very open. I tell everybody is like this, um, and in my gym, I said. If you want to learn the sport, I'll teach you what it is, mm-hmm. okay? But if you want to come in and you're not willing to learn, because I, I believe like this, some people, they come in, they're not willing to learn. And I have seen that. Yeah. You yeah. know, and yes. you know, as a martial artist, you see some people, they always figure out their way, but they want to come in to learn from you, you know? So right. you have to accept that. Some people come in to belong, belong into a group, and some people just have their goal, but they won't adjust on the changing. So you have to accept that. And my my gym, I always believe like this. When you open the door, it doesn't matter what religion they are. You open the door. Sure. It's like a church, you know. Right. It's like a church. You open the door. It doesn't matter what religion you are. And, you know, however, you have their certain rule protocol that they have to follow. That's it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, you know, so as long as they respect that, you open the door for everybody. Right. You know, that's a that's a good point about some people not uh, 
not wanting to learn. I mean, regularly we get people that come to sign up at the dojo and, um, you know, they explain how, how they know this about martial arts and they're this and that. And then it turns out they, they studied for three weeks at the Y uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, and they're explaining, you know, explaining to me. And, I, you know, I had you were doing martial arts before I was born, but, I, you know, I'm sure that you've heard heard similar things. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, something you said in your meditate chapter was think about your goal at the beginning of class. And uh, I, I think that is something that could help people because once you start getting into routine, some people just go to class. You don't think about why I'm going to class just to go to class and they just sort of walk their way through it. But uh, the point you brought up about setting your goal and then working towards your goal, I think, is a, a good one that can help a lot, help a lot of people. I think that I think I think the big thing is that I think a lot of time people this day, they don't take the time to themselves, you know. So a lot of time, for example, um, some people, and, and I was saying this too uh, a lot of time, is that people can wear a beautiful shirt, right? Mm -hmm. They spill the stain on their shirt, they change right away without thinking, right? right? But they come into the class, they're afraid to change, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I always feel like, you know, you can't be, and I believe this, you know, Dr. Jacob and Mr. Hyde? Right. People are like that, you know. But I think, like, you have to use their certain time. You have to use certain type. And training, same thing. You have to know what the purpose is, uh, why you train, and what's important to you. And I think a lot of times people don't really do that. And mm -hmm. I think now, even in America, they don't have a lot of people that have commitment. Yeah. You know, and I think that with commitment is too hard for them. That's a, that's a, another good point. And uh, in another chapter, you 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 mentioned that a lot of people are quick to blame other things for these problems. It's like, well, I'm not making progress because of the TV, you know, or there's too much technology. But one of the issues is they don't really commit, and they're not really paying attention to what what they're doing. So so. As a martial artist, you know this. Let's say we practice a kicks, right? Mm. And you practice a kick, you throw a kick to your training partner. Let's say you didn't throw fast enough, or you don't the chamber right, or if the person too tall, you're not flexibility enough, right? Right. As a martial artist, you adapt really fast because when you you in that situation, you learn to adapt really fast. But a lot of time, people come in, they don't they don't willing to adapt. What I mean, they don't really to let go of what happened at the door, mm. you know. So when they come in, they are there, but they're not there. Right. So it's almost like you're in a relationship with a person, but you're not there. So how can you really want to learn to be better? And as a martial artist, you know, we implement things, okay? What I mean is that when you're sparring, if you not adapt and implement really fast, you're gonna get hit, right? Right? Or right. maybe you got hit once. You don't implement really fast to put your hands up. You're gonna get hit. Yes. So, uh, the I love the martial art because it's almost like a trading school. You know, you learn it and you apply right away. Right. You know, and and if you don't apply right away, right or wrong, you have to look at it as like, did I throw fast enough or did? You know, and as a martial art, you know, someday you feel like invincible and then you go in there and you got somebody to keep you in check. You know that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it's important for people to, to pay attention to that, to that, that feedback. So, uh, right. whether you get, if you're getting hit in the head, it's, you can't really argue with it. You could get mad about it, but you can't argue. Right. You got hit in the head. So your hand has to come up. Right. Um, you talked more also about not the, necessarily the physical part of it, but also uh, the advice. I think it was in your mentor chapter or your feedback chapter where a lot of people don't listen and don't take advice uh, just on in, uh, input, not necessarily the martial arts stuff, but input in general. I have that same problem. I try to tell people something. They don't listen. Uh, whatever I warn them about happens uh, so what are your tips to get through to people when, when giving advice? So this, this is what I tell my student. I said, there's two things in life and, and, um, we do it all the time. Kid understand this too. I tell the kid, there's two language I speak language of English and language of silent language. Okay. <laughs> That's two things. Okay. And then, you never had a Vietnamese so kid come in and, and, and push your, uh, you know, Try to uh, push you on that. So, so what I mean, sign language is that the kid is, you know, when you raise your hand up, they know right away without even speak. They guess right away either hi or bye, right? Right. Ninety-nine percent of the time, when you wave the hand, they know a hi. Okay. So, and I tell them the other things too. The two things that you're gonna learn is easy lesson or hard lesson. And as a martial artist, you know this, okay. Easy lesson, if your teacher say, put your hand up, if you put your hand up and you listen to him, you would not even get the hot lesson, get punched in the face. Right? right. So for me as a mentor is that when I tell my student to give the feedback, all they do give feedback on only what they seen the other person great at. Mm. Okay. Because the reason why, because I don't want the student to say what the other kid bad at. Yeah, because that's what we not learn about. We learn about to support each other. What we see, great. And when I give um, a, a lot of time, the kid do it. Sometimes they go into the story. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what I do is I give them thirty seconds, quit, and then I make them move. So by that way, they can't not be thinking. They just say right away because when they start thinking, they start guessing. And I want the kid to be present with the other student when we do uh, a feedback. And then what I usually do is after all the feedback from each student who's sparring and work out with each other, and then I ask them is like what they learn about themselves. Okay. You know, because what happened is, let's say you, you and me sparring, and then I learned that you punch really fast and hit my head. So I said, you know what? I learned about myself. Next time, I got to put my hand faster. So just recognize. So by that way, they seen what the strategy of the next class will be right. or whatever they do in their life. Because reality is that I have the opportunity and I see this in both ways. And, and I always say, without a student, I cannot be a great teacher. Okay. Mm -hmm. Without a great teacher, there's no student to share my knowledge with. Right. So I always, we call a partnership. So I have to elevate my student at the same time my student elevate me. So that's what friendship is and companion is, relationship is. And, you know, and I always tell the student, it's like same thing is that 
you have to make sure when you train with your partner, you have to be honest, okay? Because what you show your character. Mm-hmm. And as a mentor, I'm there to make sure supported them so by that way they don't go into story or teaching themselves lying. Because a lot of time, sometimes people just say it. They don't even see what the other person did. But right. they have to say it just so by that way they participate in the class. But as a teacher, I have to point that out for a student, right. you know. And in my gym, I'm very direct to my student because I want my student does the same, mm-hmm. you know. And I always believe that as a martial artist, you come to martial art school, you got to be honest, right? you know. Because if you don't honest, sooner or later, the other person going to find out things about you. And then they're going to be mad more. I'd rather you be mad at me from the beginning. Right. But by that way, you know what my goal for you is. Sure. Hey everyone, like the show? Enjoy hearing interviews with martial artists from around the world? Then share it with a friend, family member, co-worker, everyone at your dojo, your fellow karateka. You can find new episodes every Sunday at choptalk.podbean.com. That's choptalk.podbean.com. And don't forget to like the show on Facebook. Thanks. With the training, uh, as the kids are training and progressing, or as you're doing it itself, um, and you hit a plateau. So you've been training for a while, whether it's you or the kids. Um, what are the best ways you found to, to move off of that and, and start making progress again? So usually when I see like a kid when they have plateau, okay, is the routine changing, that you need to change the routine. For example, some of the time I see in the parents when they bring the kid in, they stick with convenient for the parents. Right. But sometimes the routine changing can be great for the parent too. So when, when the kid come in, I usually do as I change. For example, if I see one kid, they have a plateau. They're not great at certain things. I put them in with the other person that who great at. So there's two lessons that, that two kids can learn from each other. Because I always believe that there's no such thing as no good. Okay, I believe that there's always a lesson in every situation. And sometimes... A people can be short themselves by not asking other person uh, as a partner. Right. If you have a good partner drill, you see it all the time is that there's sometimes some kid or even adult, yeah, they won't speak up for themselves. Right. They wait for somebody to come over rescue. And in my gym, I always tell the student, I said, we don't have a path to say rescue. <laughs> you know, so we can't rescue the other person. So either you come and challenge yourself, because end of the day, I told the student, I said this: you come here for one purpose, for you to be great, whatever you're doing, either your mind, your body, your spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when you give support, that's great, but you're still thinking about what you're gaining for today. Right. And a lot of time, people do this, and especially I seen this in adult is that they willing to, let's say, the whole path for the other person, and they forgot themselves. Yep. You know, and then when, then when they switch the drill, they're like, what are we doing? You know? Right. So it's like, and I always point down for them is that whatever you do support, you got to know what your goal is. Because mm-hmm. I don't want you to 
set your goal fail and then blame the other person. But reality is you didn't check yourself, you know. And I tell everybody there's no there's no right or wrong lesson. They either you want to learn it or you don't. Right. You know, if you learn it, you move faster. If you don't, that's okay. You move a little bit slow. Right. And and as a teacher, you have to accept some people move very slow. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> that is true. It's that's a difficult thing to accept, but Right. Yeah, you have to. And, you know, and the title of your book, Step on the Mat, um, it's you're you're talking about this not specifically for the martial arts, uh, martial arts class, although that's that's how the book is structured. But you're you're really referring to this as your everyday life. So to take to take what you've learned in the martial arts and apply it to everything you're doing in life so so for example you know like in america everywhere you go there's always a mat okay yeah it could be somebody front door mat it could be at your house mat or could be you know so everywhere that remind you to keep you in check Mm -hmm. if you train as a martial artist because i always see people like this is that they expect uh, for friendship for example, they expect the other person to understand them, but they don't understand the other person. Mm-hmm. So as a martial artist, you should be able to integrity with yourself. doesn't matter where you go. For me, as a martial artist, everywhere I go, it reminds me that life should be exactly you're on the map. Mm. How you learn to deal with your frustrations, how you learn with communications, either silent language or even talking. You know, yeah. you have to understand that, carry yourself. And especially as a martial artist, we learn to fight great without even losing our temper. Mm-hmm. You deal with life the same. Yeah. However, most people don't do that. Um, uh, matter of fact, you know, this, this is one of those things that you see it all the time. Martial art teachers say this to tell their student, hey, eat healthy, be in shape. But the teacher don't do. Yeah, the, you know, the so, teacher's so, eating so pizza like, and drinking beer, and he's got a big belly, and right. yeah, it's it's not nothing wrong with that for people, right? But as a, a martial artist, you can't teach something and then you go home, you do opposite, right? You know, and and as a father, for me as a father, I have to make sure that inside the dojo, outside the dojo, it's the same thing. For right. example. I say this um, a lot, even, you know, for most people, they see the word dojo. Wow, it's sanctioned, you know. But right. for me, it's like a playground, you know, a playground that have a name at the park, right? Right. Like, you know, so the house is the same thing. A house is another dojo that how you, you know, how you deal with. That's it. You mm-hmm. go to the dojo, there's different setup. You go in your car, there's a different setup. So there's always a different setup wherever you go. And I always think as like this, if people see themselves as like um, a treasure, right? They right. themselves as a treasure and everywhere they go, there's a gem displace them. Okay. You know? Yeah. Or, or matter of fact, it's like if you look at like female, they're really good at this, right? They dress themselves up and then they need enough material to dress themselves up, right? Right. That's the same thing as a martial art. You, when, you, when you carry yourself as a great mentor, Okay, you can't just teach 
you got to willing to learn too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how fast you learning, but you still have to learning. Right. You know, um, you want to be better relationship. What do you got to do? You got to deal with your your wife, your kid better. Right. Right. You want to be a better fighter. You have to do the same thing. You got to give in the time. And, you know, I love the martial art because the martial art I see all the time is that there is journey. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Right. Right. And it's teach you every lesson. Even someday you feel like I'm invincible and then you got beat. Right. Right. And that's a lesson in life. Same thing. There's right. Sometimes you feel great. You fall down. You have to learn to learn to accept that and then walk up and same thing and 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 i think the the big thing that for me it was big was that i have the best support mm-hmm. and in my relationship that i feel like you know there's always a challenge but how you communicate with and how can you learn from that lesson that, that it doesn't have to repeat over and over again right. and in martial arts same thing is that you don't want to throw the wrong punch or farthest than punch if you can't reach the other person you have to learn to adapt sure and as a martial art they teach that right life they teach that but how do you want to willing to learn and i think mm-hmm. like for me is learning is always in my thing i mean right now the biggest thing for me was like reading a lot of books right you know and you know and, and knowing and sharing and meeting great people and and you know it's it's always learning and i think like as a martial artist, you should be learning life is about learning and the the last quote i have from your from your book here is um if you have high expectations there's a chance you're going to fail and then you can feel like a failure uh which which kind of struck me because i think all of us uh, martial artists you know maybe we want we want to be uh the next bruce lee or maybe we want to have a, a great kata or you have some uh, major goal uh, professionally. Um, but it's easy, especially if you want to accomplish a lot, uh, like you have, um, to fall a little bit short. Um, you know, you've, you've done a lot. You, you're running a very successful school. Uh, you're, you've written this book. You know, what is the next goal that you're going to put out there to uh, work towards? So my, my, my next goal is I, I would like to share what my knowledge is and not so much as um not so much as i guess uh, when i get older now uh, you know 50 and i feel like every day could be the last day okay you know? and i treat everybody with the the time that almost like i have left you know and you know even those that i'm working out i'm taking care of my mind my body you know, eating healthy, you know, but I have to look at it as like reality is that, you know, the example that people around me drop like fly, you know, people, you know, so how do I value that? How do I tell the other person that how much I love them? Mm. You can't, in America, you can't tell them, you have to show, you know, because everybody talk is too cheap. So it's come to the point that you have to show so the only way to show the person is to genuine care, like you want to be care, and you have to spend time honestly, and it's not about pushing the other person down. Right. Because I feel that the word elevation is, uh, elevate is like, 
for me, like today, I'm so grateful even talking to you because I'm like, wow, you know, it's like somebody want to hear, you know, my story, you know, and I want to share because I hope that this book will at least trigger somebody's life yeah. and hopefully they see the value of themselves because this day you see it all the time and I and I seen this through kids. I remember there's there's a couple of kids going to my gym don't don't even speak English, mm. and the parent will the parent will worry like, worry like this like, oh you know they don't speak English. I said watch, I said okay I'm gonna show you this drill, okay if you do great job I'm gonna give you a hundred bucks and a toy. I want to go to your dojo, know, right? And the kid <laughs> know right away because there's a value. Right. So I hope that you know I hope that. One day I'll be able to give the value that for people to see it for themselves so they can make that change. Because you and I both know that everybody's so smart. They just need some way, somehow, a fire underneath their feet so by that way they can jump. Right. And, I, and I hope that this book can, can open that door for them. I, I think so. I, I really enjoyed it. And I think there's a lot of uh, great lessons that... Uh, for sure, people that are in the martial arts uh, or or parents of martial arts, because you have a lot of advice for the parents as well. Uh, but somebody, anybody who's practicing any sport, uh, I, I think there's a lot of lessons that, that you can apply uh, from this book to whatever you're doing. Could you uh, tell us the best place to get in touch with you and uh, the best place to get the book? Is, is it Amazon or, or what's the best place? The, uh, the best place is the Amazon at Amazon, and all you have to do is just type in either Ninja Win or Step on the Mat by Ninja Win, or you can contact me at, you know, I would love to do something uh, to support the community. Just, you know, um, it's ExtremeNinja.com. Okay, sounds good. And I will put up the uh, links to the, uh, the book and also uh, Ninja's uh, website. I'll put the links up on the Chop Talk Facebook page so that everybody who's checking out the show can can go directly uh, and check out uh, Ninja's book and get in touch with him. One question, one last question before I let you go, Ninja. Where did the word, where did the name Ninja come from? Because <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's not what your parents named you back in, uh, back in, uh, I was going to say Sa- Saigon, but it's not, back in Hanoi. They, they did not say, we're going to name this kid Ninja. Where did it come from? <laughs> you, you, uh, on that okay uh, no I you know like when you grow up uh, when I was growing up and everything I do so the word uh, I have the um, Catholic name is called Peter so when I was working at the nightclub they they called me Peter okay but that's not really my name because I didn't want people to know my real name okay so, and, then, and then when I become when I get uh, in trouble I decide to say, do I want to be that person or I need to be a, a new person? Mm-hmm. So, and then throughout my process was I learned for myself being very patient. So because of um, patience, and then there's one time I was working at a nightclub and somebody said to me, he said, wow, ninja. So that was, you know, that was it. And, okay. and um, so because of that, I changed my identity and be a new person and change my life. So that's what I was. Okay. So now, is Ninja, is that on your driver's license? Yes, sir. 
It is. Yeah. So you have legally changed your name to Ninja. Yes, sir. That is commitment. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so that's why that's why so for me, um, the word ninja is it's not about the title, it's about being a patient person. So as you know, I, I named my first kid actually named Patience. Okay. So and and you know so it's everything's kind of changed after that and I'm very like patient because I always believe that in life you need to be patient to willing to work forward on something. Wow, that's a a, a great way to uh, remind yourself what you're trying to do and what 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 those goals are. You know, you're you're filling out your taxes and you know, <laughs> and you remind, oh yes, I have to train a certain way. You know, you're yelling at your daughter. It's oh no, wait, I'm supposed to be patient that's a that's a great reminder all right well ninja thank you very much it's been a pleasure um i really enjoyed the book and uh, i appreciate you uh taking the time to talk with me and uh definitely everybody go check out the book uh, i i want to share this to you i i'm grateful that you give me your time i do appreciate that by the way i check out your your broadcast and i love it oh wow thank you thank you for doing that because oh, th- you know i i I told my wife, I said, you know, that's awesome way of, you know, spreading the martial art and the sharing. So. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time to, to check out check out the podcast, too. I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Enjoy your morning. You, too. Talk to you later. Thanks again to Ninja Win, author of Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja, for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Ninja, please visit www.extremeninja.com. That's the letter X, like the men, treamninja.com. Find Ninja's book, Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja, by Ninja Win on Amazon. Do note that the spelling of Win is N-G-U-Y-E-N, or follow the Amazon links in the show notes, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about the upcoming Cincinnati Jodo Seminar and Promotion Exam on Saturday, September 7th, 2019, please visit www.koshoschoolofkarate.com and click on the ECUSKF logo. It's the little orange shield. Or visit the event page on the Kosho School of Karate Facebook page. Early bird registration in soon, so get your paperwork in now. Please remember to rate the show and give it a review, and feel free to share your thoughts on the Chop Talk Facebook page, Twitter, or email me directly at choptalkwithnateengland at gmail.com. Also, let me know if you have any ideas for a topic or guest for an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. Nihedibiru and Mataya. Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all? Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment 
for the serious martial artist.